0: Hello Creepers, welcome to another episode of That's Odd. I am one of your hosts, I am Johnny Townsend, and with me here, as always, is my buddy, my pal, uh, my
1: one and only, Christopher Chavez. Sorry, I made
0: that weird. (laughs) (laughs)
1: What's up folks, what's going on everybody, what's up Creepers? How's it going man? Oh, it's going dude, it's uh, New Year man, it's the first That's Odd of the new year. Yeah, have you made any of those beautiful New Year's resolutions? Uh, I did and I gave them up right away.
0: <laughs> that's my boy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "You know what? I'm just going to cut out drinking altogether, 100%." Yeah. Uh oh, yeah. cold I was, okay, turkey I've seen the post. Yeah. And then it was like <laughs> you you hit the weekend and you're like, "Oh, come on. You know, like w- what's the point in going cold turkey? How about you just like say, eh, once in a while." You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what addicts say. So <laughs> so give me a second i'm gonna take a break here because i gotta go do shot. yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's all right oh,
0: well, mine was very similar uh I'm, I'm trying to uh cut out uh sweets like crazy like Ooh. i want to my goal is to go uh you know full turkey whatever that oh, saying is cold turkey yeah yeah i don't know why i said full turkey so i'm gonna go full turkey <laughs> that's the name of this, this episode going full turkey <laughs> i like it i like it uh, but you know, of course, within uh, what was it like within a, a like yesterday, I already broke it because I I just <laughs> had to have a Wendy's Frosty. I don't know why, but it it, had, it just had to happen. So
1: oh, uh, I miss Wendy's Frosties, dude. I'm cutting out dairy. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah that's, it. it's gonna be super rough because I used to love cheese. Uh, I found some cheese substitutes which are are actually pretty decent, but man, yeah, go cutting out dairy's hard when you see ice cream or you know, chocolate covered anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that would be tough
0: for me just because I, I can cut out, honestly, I can cut out candy. Yeah. I mean, I do like candy, but
1: I can go without it and I'm fine. When but you say candy, is chocolate, and is chocolate uh, considered candy for you or is candy yes. like, yes. you know, Laffy Taffys and Jolly
0: Ranchers? No, that's candy as well as chocolate. That's candy okay. as well. It's all candy. Okay. Uh, so I can cut that out and I'm okay. Like I can do without it. But, man, I just love me some ice cream. That's my issue. <laughs> like, uh, my mom used to love telling these tales of when I was a kid, and I would go over to my grandparents, and it'd be dead winter, and I'd be outside in the snow eating ice cream, shivering, <laughs> but I wouldn't stop eating the ice cream. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what was your What's your favorite flavor? Oh, man, I, my,
0: I go classic, man. I go butter pecan. I just love butter pecan. Really? Yeah.
1: We may have talked about that before. I, I think I might have known that. I remember thinking yeah. I remember thinking huh not many people go that route that's different That's cuz i'm old it's like an old person's <laughs> ice cream is butter pecan that's like love- <laughs> that's like anthony now uh we go out and he orders when he gets a drink he orders a gin and i look at him like how old are you <laughs> oh, man awesome. he's he's new to drinking i mean he's only what
0: he's a baby he's 20 he's maybe 22 he's like give me a, i want to taste whatever my grandfather had yeah,
1: there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, dude. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's back. We're back 2019. This is the first That's Odd of the year. Uh, and we're going to kind of go back to our old school roots with That's Odd. We were talking about it. Like It felt like for a while there, That's Odd was getting kind of heavy. A lot of dark, you know, uh, bleak stories. Um, whereas we used to do a lot of stuff that was just kind of weird, quirky, and odd, uh, as in the yeah. title.
0: Yeah, and and also we want we're wanting to slowly. I mean, we'll probably still do a couple,
1: but oh, for sure.
0: But uh, you know, we still want to kind of get away from the uh, the internet list type of deals. Yep. That we've done, so uh, we've each went old school, as old they say, school, and brought a weird, <laughs> odd story today.
1: And but on top of that, Chris, I believe we have a new segment. Yes. So history creeps. We usually start uh, when we have them. We start the show with. Uh, Current creeps where we talk about whatever's happening in the news that kind of ties into weird, you know, creepy things. Uh, And I thought, why don't we do that for that's odd, but make it more along the lines of like, you know, odd, um, moronic, idiotic moments in the news.
0: Yeah, or just strange, just weird. Strange, whatever. Yeah, just think of stuff that
1: happens in Florida, no offense. (laughs) Basically, we're going to be reading from Florida newspapers. (laughs) Well, mine's from Canada
0: today. Oh,
1: nice. Oddly enough. I don't know what that's all
0: about. Oh, see? Yeah. We stayed away from the stereotypes. (laughs) We sure did. So uh, where'd you say yours is from? From Canada? Canada, eh? Oh, what's going up in Canada? Oh, I'll tell you what's going up. A woman was charged with fake witchcraft days before canada scraps the old law uh so this is according to npr.org uh, last week canada repealed a number of so-called quote-unquote zombie laws that remained on the books after they were found to be unconstitutional redundant or or you know just too old and weird you know a lot of a lot of your cities and states and stuff down here in the united states kind of have some weird strange laws oh, yeah. like i think i think uh north carolina has a thing where you're not supposed to I don't remember which city it is, but you're not supposed to tie your alligator to a fire hydrant. I you know, know there's something.
1: a yeah, there's a state that has a law that's something along the lines of like you will be ticketed if you're caught walking your pig on a leash. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah it's mean? just
0: weird, just weird odd laws like that. Uh, one law that was scrubbed was section 365 of the Canadian Criminal Code. That's the law that made it illegal to practice fake witchcraft. And here's what here's what the actual law says. Everyone who fraudulently I said that word perfectly uh, pretends to exercise or to use any kind of witchcraft, sorcery, enchantment or conjuration undertakes for a consideration to tell fortunes or see pretends from his skill in or knowledge of an occult or crafty science to discover where or in what manner anything that is supposed to have been stolen or lost may be found. In other words, uh, don't do fake witchcraft. Right. Yeah, don't make it up. No witchcraft uh, this, allowed. That's right. Uh, I think witchcraft itself, if you're an actual practicing Wiccan, is fine. But if you're being fake about it, then, then we got some issues. <laughs> uh, despite the federal government's labeling that the law uh, that the law is archaic, and it's slated for uh, erasure, an Ontario woman was charged just last week with fraudulent witchcraft for fortune telling specifically just two days before the law was eliminated. Uh, the police in a small town of Timmins told the North Bay nugget. That's a great name for a newspaper <laughs> that allegedly a local woman who maintains an alias and holds herself out to be a self-proclaimed spiritualist, medium and clairvoyant, Attempted to elicit funds from a Timmins resident in return for protection from some form of potential danger likely to occur it to her family. Now, the accused is 33 year old Tiffany Butch, who goes by the nickname the White Witch of the North. But she says it's a misnomer. People proclaim me a witch here and gave me a nickname. But I'm not a witch, she told the CBC. I'm a psychic. A uh, spokesman for the Timmins police told the broadcaster that they use. Uh, that they use the most applicable laws on the books at the time of the alleged offense. As the Washington Post reported in October, when two other Ontario women were charged with posing as witches, is this, a, is this an issue? <laughs> <laughs> a person convicted of the crime faces up to six months in prison or a $2,000 fine or both. Uh, Butch has been summoned to appear in court next month. Uh, she, of course, denies the allegations and believes that she was framed by other psychics. <laughs> That's my favorite part, is the end here. I feel like they burned the lead here. She's being framed by other psychics, Chris. Nice. They're out to get her.
1: She should have seen this coming. Obviously, right? That was, yeah. what I, for, that was exactly what I was going to say originally right there. Yeah. Uh, so what's happening uh, in Montana? Ooh, all right. This comes out of the uh, Helena Independent Record. So – Helena man reports being shot at multiple times in the North Hills, officials say. This actually happened in in mid-December. The man who identified himself to dispatchers as being 27 and from Helena was reportedly setting up targets on BLM land in the North Hills when he says a bullet hit about three feet to his left, and then another bullet hit to his right before he ran to cover and heard more shots. The Helena man told dispatchers he then confronted the shooter who told him he was, quote, not wearing orange and thought he was a Bigfoot. (laughs) 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 The Helena man told dispatchers that the incident occurred Sunday, but he did not report it until Monday, saying, quote, he didn't think it was necessary. He reported the vehicle as a black Ford F-150, but did not have a license plate number or a description of the alleged shooter. The Helena man wanted the area checked and if found for the shooter to be talked to about safe shooting in the area. He did not want to pursue charges. Uh, Dutton noted that despite a desire not to pursue charges, the allegations are serious and could warrant a charge of attempted negligent homicide. Deputies did check the area. No vehicle matching the description was found. So, well, (laughs) Can you imagine, dude, getting shot at, and then when you confront the guy, the dude's just like, I thought you were Bigfoot. Yeah, well, what's this, Dick Cheney? Version (laughs) 2. Like, how was this guy walking between setting up these targets? Did he have that weird gait? You know what I mean? Did he look like Bigfoot? (laughs) Did he kind of slightly turn around for a second as he was walking away? Before he got shot at? Yeah. The best part
0: of this, though, is how, like, understanding the guy who got shot at is, I don't want to press charges. Sure, I could have been killed and murdered, but... Just a misunderstanding, and even
1: that he's just kind of like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm gonna sleep it off over the weekend. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll,
0: I'll, I'll tell you guys what's happening on Monday. Yeah, just give him a talking to. That's all I want. Uh, just let him know, hey, that wasn't cool, that type of deal, and then we can just go on about our day. Also,
1: obviously, I'm not Bigfoot. Okay. Oh I'm, yeah, make I'm, sure I'm, he I'm knows that. Four foot three. This is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Make sure he knows for a fact that I am not the legendary creature Bigfoot, <laughs> and in fact, I wear a size seven shoe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, dude. Uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely an odd world out there. Oh um, yeah, for sure. So I, I like this. We're gonna be doing this definitely more often.
0: Yes, yes, we are. Now let's get into the meat of the episode let's here, Chris. Do it. Or the uh, so you're a vegan? Vegan. What do, what do we want to call this? Let's get into the Pierre scrumptious. Yeah, the scrumptious part of this episode. Yes, and uh, I'm going to take us back to the year of 1994. Chris, what were you doing in 94?
1: Ooh, 94. It was a good year. It was. Is it was the year after Jurassic Park. I was trying to think, dude. I was really thinking in my head. I was like, what really happened in 94? <laughs>
0: <laughs> see i'm a kid of the 90s and i couldn't tell you i want to say that's when i was watching uh, the batman animated series be my guess
1: yeah uh wasn't that when kurt cobain died 94 i think so i, think I believe so that was a big deal i remember that happening uh yeah. nine inch nails was huge in my life at the time uh nirvana the whole grunge thing that's what was going yeah. on in 94 in my life is that was that how you were dressing too? were you dressing like that uh yeah dude i did i actually did have the flannels, the jeans. Uh, I, I took pride in the, the monster holes ripped in the front of my jeans. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wearing the boots and all that nonsense. Yeah.
0: I do remember when the
1: holes in jeans became a huge deal and I went to the mall one day
0: and I was looking at jeans and I was like, why is this pair of jeans 75 bucks? There's yeah. holes in it. Yeah. But that's why it was 75 bucks.
1: I remember doing oh, it on my <laughs> own. Like it wore out yeah. and became wholly on its
0: own. <laughs> Yeah, that's the smart way to do it. That cost
1: you not 75 bucks. Did you ever do it when you were, Do you, I mean, was this the thing when I was a kid? Because when you were a kid, it was cool having holes in your jeans that way. So, like, you kind of wore them down on purpose. Like, you'd go running across the room and sliding on your knees on the carpet. You know what I mean? Did you ever do stuff like that? Like, really trying to wear your, your the knees down?
0: No, I, w- I, was, I was really weird. Like, I was in a weird place in the hierarchy of uh, school in that I wasn't, I wasn't a nerd, I wasn't a jock, I wasn't, like, I didn't really fit in any category. Like, I was kind of a, uh, like, every, like, ever. I had friends in all kinds of groups, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, I didn't care if you were gothic, I didn't care if you were, you know, if you were cool, you were cool to me. Right. And, and so, like, dressing, like, I was never really made fun of for any way of dressing or felt I needed to dress a certain way, to the fact where, for, it had to be two years straight, I just wore sweatpants. <laughs>
1: You're just like, this is all I want. I'm good. Yeah. It's comfortable. (laughs) That's amazing. So what's going on in 94, dude? Well, 94.
0: Well, let me also ask you this, Chris. Yeah. You know, uh, when people start talking about lawsuits, when people are getting sued. Oh, yeah. uh, I know for me, often it's brought up, you know, those. Here's a quote I hear all the time from people my age and older and probably younger for all I know. Uh, They'll usually say, man, you can sue for anything nowadays. People sue for anything. Yeah, uh, And it all kind of started from this famous lawsuit in which what you always hear is that this woman uh, sued McDonald's oh, yeah. because she spilled coffee on herself and
1: she got burned. So she sued McDonald's. I remember this. Yes, because and she got did, millions of dollars. They for didn't it. warn her ahead of time that the coffee would be hot when they handed it right. to her. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, all kinds of late night talk show guys would talk about that and really, really ran this woman through the mud. So that's what I always thought for years, for years and years and years. Wait, is this not it? Is this not it what? Is that not it? Like, it's not just as cut and dry as that? I hate to tell you, but nothing truly, really ever is just cut and dry like that. Ooh. Yeah. uh, There's a lot to this case. But, you know, when I was younger, I was one of those people, too. I was like, man, I'm so tired of mm-hmm. people suing companies for stupid stuff that ends up hurting the customers in the long run, that type of deal. Yeah. Uh, But there's there's a lot to this case. For one, uh, the woman that sued McDonald's uh, was in her 70s. She was a grandmother,
1: for one. Oh, really? I always thought she was like a younger person. Same. I never knew Same the here. news, I guess. I didn't really know it for, for real. I just heard it, you know? yeah her name was Stella
0: liebeck, and I thought she was like a, just a young woman too like the way they always the way they I was always told this is it came off like she was a young woman just really just trying to get some money out of somebody, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, that's how it kind of felt and sounded yeah for sure uh, but but this place this takes place around ninety three ninety four in New mexico uh Stella liebeck uh her husband was no longer in the picture. I think he'd already passed away, and uh so she was trying to move closer to. Uh, her daughter and her grandson. Uh, she had already retired. Uh, she had some meager savings that she was going to use for a down payment on a house. You know, all this fun stuff that the older people usually do. And uh, one day she was going somewhere with her grandson who was driving her. And it was early in the morning. And they were like, well, let's go by the drive through at McDonald's and get some coffee, right? And that's the other thing. Like, I always heard that she was driving and trying to drink coffee as she was driving.
1: Yeah, that's what I heard, too.
0: That's not true. (laughs) She was in the passenger seat, and her grandson was driving, and he didn't have any cup holders
1: in his car. And the plot thickens.
0: Yes. So this is before cup cup holders were not a thing in every car at this time. Wow. Yeah, uh, I remember how cool it was when my dad got a lawnmower that had a cup holder on it. <laughs> I thought that was the greatest thing I'd ever seen.
1: And that you're was just right. yesterday. Dude, that's yeah. funny. You're, you're bringing back that kind of memory. You're right. I forgot. There was times when, like, the cars at the time were still from older models. Remember? You know what I'm saying? So he was still, yeah. even he was probably still driving. It was 94. He was probably still driving an 89 or 90.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was an older, older vehicle.
1: So no cup holders uh, is, is a legit thing. Right, yeah, exactly. There's no cup holders there.
0: So whatever drink you got, you kind of had to hold yourself. Uh, So she, of course, gets the infamous coffee. It costs her 49 cents for this said coffee. And uh, as they're they're leaving the drive-thru, he kind of pulls over to the side for a second. So she can kind of get situated now. Uh, now this is before they uh they only had like certain you know now we have like this the the coppers coppers, uh, the <laughs> toppers for co- uh, coffee cups yeah yeah you know that they put on them now that uh, really kind of help a lot yeah. with this with this type of deal this is before that, uh, so she's trying to get her coffee. And she ends up accidentally spilling it on herself when she's trying to raise the lid to put sugar into it or whatever it is. See, also the full exposure of myself. That's a weird way to state that. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I don't drink coffee. I'm not a coffee guy. Yeah. So uh, I'm talking out my butt when some of this stuff. But uh, she uh, she ends up spilling the coffee on herself, on her lap, and all kinds of, and all kinds of things. And she, it was so bad that she jumps out of the car, uh, you know, and she's trying to... She didn't realize how actual bad it was. She just knew she was hurting. And uh, they end up trying to take her. her Grandson tries to take her to the first hospital they were closest to. But they were packed. They were. I mean, they were just jam packed because there was apparently a big uh, car wreck. And then after that, uh, they end up going to another emergency room where it's discovered that uh, she has some up to third degree burns on her body from this coffee. Oh, my God. Uh, To the point where uh, she stays eight days in the hospital. Holy crap. She has she has to have skin grafted onto the area in which she was burned. Uh, uh, one of the one of the shows I was listening to to research this it's a podcast called Swindled. I really recommend it. it's a lot of it's a really good listen. Uh, but the, they even stated that um, that you can actually find pictures of the actual burns that she suffered, uh, but it's pretty gruesome. Blech. So yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't I did I chose not to go look. Blech. But if you are one of those who wants to go see, apparently you can if you just search it out. Uh, and also, this took two years of treatment after this happened for her. Wow. Uh, therapy and that type of deal. Because uh, you got to remember, she's 79. She's an older lady on top of all this. And uh, while she's in the hospital, they actually want her to stay longer, but she can't afford it. Uh, I mean, she did have some meager savings, but she'd already, uh, I think it was already up to 10 grand it was going to cost her already. And this is after Medicare. And then and it was going to cost her 10 more for her treatments afterwards. And she just could not afford that. Holy cow. So later on, it wasn't too much longer after that, her, uh, some people in her family write to McDonald's, right? And they say that, uh, she, that what well, they told what happened, she spilled this coffee on herself. Also another thing, uh, never, never did she once say that she didn't. Now, she wasn't partly responsible for this. She always took blame for the fact that she's the one who spilled coffee on herself. You know, uh, that's another thing I think is important, because it always made it sound like that she, uh, you know, like she took the coffee and she purposely
1: spilled it on herself or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was a a scam style.
0: Right, yeah. But it was a complete accident, but she never once said that it was, you know, 100% McDonald's fault that this happened. She's the one who spilled it. Mm hmm But... Uh, you know, so the, they write to McDonald's and they say, "Hey, McDonald's, I mean, that's how, that's how it starts. That's how the uh, <laughs> the letter starts. Uh, hey, McDonald's, uh, could you please, <laughs> could you please just uh pay for my mother slash grandmother's uh hospital stuff? Just ten thousand dollars. That's all we're asking. Check and yes or no. Check yes or no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you like me? Check yes or no. Uh, <clears throat> they had actually found out that McDonald's coffee. Uh, is about uh at the time hold on I'm reading my notes here uh the temperature of McDonald's coffee was about 180 to 190 degrees fahrenheit that that is about uh 20 to 30 degrees hotter than any other competition uh that's going to come into play much later uh what? but that is very hot to the, to the point where if you drink that if like if you just start chugging this coffee oh my you will burn god. you you will burn your esophagus pretty badly
1: oh my god who <laughs> to would... the point where mcdonald's says don't do that <laughs> what what's the point in it being that hot
0: oh, we'll we'll get oh, to it okay, we'll okay, get to it okay. when the lawsuit comes this is great yeah, so, uh, so uh so they said hey can you just pay for this uh we think your coffee's way too hot Uh, She spilled it on herself. Uh, She can't afford this type of deal. We're only asking for you to please cover the expenses left
1: after Medicare. Also, if you could open up breakfast to past noon, that would be great. Thanks. Yeah, that'll never happen. They'll never do that. (laughs) (laughs) 24 hours a
0: day breakfast, man. It's a gold mine. (laughs) Let's do it. Uh, And then uh, they write back. And they say, dear person who wrote to us, uh, We'll give you eight hundred dollars, and that's it. Oh my God, what a <laughs> slap! Yeah, that's a complete slap in the face. Uh, Who so made that decision? That's- like,
1: I want to see. I want to be in the room when they get that letter, and they're just like, "Hey, McDonald's. Oh, this this is uh, this is a serious letter, guys." They read the whole thing up, and they're like, oh, "You think we should pay for this?" The lawyer. They look at the lawyer. They bring it to him, and like, what's his? Why eight hundred? You know what I'm saying? Where does he get a? How much did she pay for that? Right. It was like forty nine cents. Yeah, it's a forty nine cent coffee. And yeah. then the cost of it was uh it was the damages was over ten thousand, right? Oh, easily. That's Where after did he Medicare get eight hundred from? Like, where'd that number come from?
0: I, I don't know. Good lord, I don't know. It's such such a weird thing. Like, we'll give you eight hundred bucks. It's kind of like here we'll throw you a little bit of. They probably even thought that maybe she was making this up, you know, and <laughs> that uh, they were just going to give her a little money to shut her up and not have to worry about it. Yeah. But $800, I mean, even in 94, that's not a lot of money.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah in 94, <laughs> fact, it was
0: still $800. <laughs> yeah, For the fact that she burned herself so bad, she had to have skin removed yeah. from one place and put to another. No kidding. So, yeah, so this is pretty terrible. And she's in her late 70s. Oh, man. So, so it's not like this is easy stuff for her. Uh, but so that's what kind of led to the lawsuit. So now we have this humongous lawsuit going on in New Mexico. It's uh, Stella lieback versus or V McDonald's. And this is where McDonald's kind of shoots themselves in the foot. Uh, during the uh, during the during the process of this court of this court happenings, uh, that's a real sentence I just said. Uh, she, uh, I mean, uh, McDonald's would bring in a lot of experts and stuff. You had asked me originally why was their coffee that hot? Their coffee is hotter because hotter coffee uh, doesn't go bad near as quick. It lasts longer. And so, in the long run, they're not throwing out as much coffee as often, and they're making way more money off of it this way. Mm. Uh, McDonald's makes, I forgot what the, the, the ridiculous amount of money off of coffee back then, and they still do today. Uh, oh, and by the way, uh, just a little short so I don't forget it, their coffee is still this hot. They didn't change the, the uh, temperature of the coffee. It's still this hot. Do not spill it on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um and it was also revealed at this time that they'd already been sued uh, like in the past five years or so, at least 700 times for the same kind of thing where people had spilled coffee on themselves. Uh, but where McDonald's shot themselves in the foot is when they brought in an expert who said that McDonald's had basically decided that it was they would still make way more profit if they kept their coffee hot. They knew it was too hot. That if they kept their coffee hot, and it would just kind of pay off people who were trying to sue them for hurting themselves on their coffee. They still <laughs> made more money that way. Uh, so people kind of meant nothing, if you kind of think about it. Wow, yeah. yeah. That's that's not good PR, dude. No. And the jury that was there saw this. Uh, when, when the case was... So, of course, obviously, Lieback wins. Uh, the reason that you always hear that she got $2 million for is because that's how much she was originally awarded by the jury who were trying to send a message to mcdonald's so it wasn't even uh, she it. asked it she was awarded the day she asked yeah. for the two million or or they no she like, didn't no, ask for it. the reason paid. yeah the reason they came up with that money was that's how much that mcdonald's made on coffee a day like in all their coffee sales in wow. one day they made about two million dollars uh so they were trying to kind of send mcdonald's a message saying hey you uh you know get off your high horse fix this yeah no kidding uh, but, uh, when the judge made the ruling, he changed that down to, I want I think it was under 500,000. And then she ended up settling with McDonald's out of court at the end of it all for, I think even less than that, they say. Um, uh, so she still made enough money where, uh, uh, she could actually pay for a nurse, a home nurse. That's where most of the money went according to her family until she passed away. Not too long ago. Uh, she lived to her nineties. So she, she made it a good while, but wow. uh, Yeah. But she was she would have a lot of pains and stuff, and also uh, she would constantly be the butt of many jokes because yeah. you know, late night people were like the story of this got so twisted that it was like it was her who was the bad person in this.
1: That's that is that's odd though. That's and I, it's funny how you bring it that that way because you know the, the idea behind what happened isn't odd. It's a sad. It's a kind of a crazy story, but the odd thing is is the way a lot of. Uh, Americans or a lot of people or or the collective consciousness remembers this story. Yes, it got twisted and twisted
0: uh, to the point where, you know, whenever anybody talks about uh, frivolous lawsuits, this is one of the ones that's brought up. Wow. Is, you know, is that somebody spilled coffee on, on themselves because it was too hot. And they kind of say in a mocking tone yeah. toward this woman. Yeah.
1: And that's kind of not the whole truth here. Yeah, not, not when you go back and yeah. see what this woman had to deal with and, and go through, man. That's insane. Yeah. But it's so crazy. basically How odd so is basically
0: that? yeah, so basically uh they found her at 20% fault because she's the one who spilled it on herself and McDonald's was at 80% fault. Wow. That's where they kind of came up more with the numbers too as well. Uh, so that's the true story of Stella Liebeck versus McDonald's. Uh, You know, a lot of times we're we're kind of told things, and as stories get, it's a telephone game. You know, yeah. Uh, depending on who tells the story, this is one thing I always try to remember, especially when it comes to politics and stuff. Depending on which side is telling the story, it is always
1: going to be skewed toward the side that's telling the story. Always, usually, yeah. That's crazy, dude. All right. Well, all right. So uh, let's jump in your time machine and go even further back in time, dude. We're gonna go back to the 1850s. Actually, we'll go back a little bit before that. Uh, let's go back to the 1840s. Um, oh, so this is pre-Civil War. Yeah, pre-Civil War for sure. Uh, in 1849, there was a a vessel called the Francesca that arrived in San Francisco carrying a man by the name of Joshua Norton. Joshua Norton was coming from South Africa. Now, he's not South African. He's actually English. Uh, what had happened was his parents both born in England, were English Jews. Uh, in the 1820s, they were part of what was known as the 1820 settlers that came down to colonize a government. It was a government-backed colonization of S- South Africa at the time. So they were a part of that, that, um, that group of people that went down there to live and colonize South Africa. Uh, so he moved down there with his parents when he was like two years old. Um, but, but in 1849, he ended up coming out to America. And he ended up in San Francisco uh when he arrived, it was said that he had forty thousand dollars uh you know uh, in, in in total um but he ended up turning that into to quite a fortune. He became well known and and very uh what am I trying to say uh, well versed in real estate um let me see what it's what I had here. Uh, he was known after he arrived. He he enjoyed a good deal of success in commodities markets uh, and real estate speculation. And by late 1952, he was one of the most prosperous, prosperous and respected citizens of the city. Uh, so, John, he was one of these guys. Like um, people knew who he was when he walked down the street. It was like that's so and so. You know, he was always at the the bigger the big events. These galas where the most important people are in the city. Uh, this was Joshua Norton. At the time in 18, uh, about 1852, uh, China had put a stop to rice, uh, coming into being exported out, out of the, uh, the country because they were actually fe- uh, facing a famine. So they were not exporting rice at the time. And the local, the rice that was coming in, uh, into San Francisco went from four cents. I believe it was like four cents a pound or something like that. To all the way up to 10 cents or 15 cents a pound. And then it skyrocketed to like 37 cents a pound. So Joshua Norton had heard that there was a whole shipment of Peruvian rice that was getting ready to come in on this ship uh, from Peru coming into San Francisco. And he bought the entire vessel, bought everything on it, thinking he could parlay that into more money and sell it for, you know, slightly, slightly higher than the the, the four cents that it was originally. Uh, but, you know, definitely lower than the 36 cents going on the local market. Uh, the problem he did this and he, at first he was starting to make some money, but the problem was, is there were more ships coming with Peruvian rice and pretty soon the, the market in San Francisco flooded with the rice and his, and, and, and his, 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 uh, his idea was just basically bust. Um, and he actually, he actually lost everything, lost all his money, uh, had, had to go live in like a halfway house was kind of destitute, um, and people started saying that he was starting to have some mental health issues. Seven years later, in 1859, he shows up again, basically uh, on the scene in San Francisco. He starts showing up at different like, political rallies and these different, like, you know how when you have town hall meetings and the, the citizens can come out and sit and, and have their say? Yeah, I've seen Parkson, right? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> he would come out and and listen to these things and then he would ramble on about how the government was was uh was was not serving the people the way it should. They were it was very self-serving. There was a lot of corruption in the government and it needed to stop. And no one was really taking him seriously. So uh on September 17th, 1859, he took matters into his own hands and he distributed letters to various newspapers in the city proclaiming himself the Emperor of the United States. Oh, huh. So this is, a, this is what he wrote exactly. At the preemptory request and desire of a large majority of the citizens of these United States, I, Joshua Norton, formerly of Algoa Bay, Cape of Good Hope, and now for the last nine years and ten months past of San Francisco, California, declare and proclaim myself Emperor of these United States, and in virtue of the authority thereby in me vested do hereby order and direct the representatives of the different states of the union to assemble in music hall of this city on the first day of February next, then and there to make such alterations in the existing laws of the union as may ameliorate the evils under which the country is laboring and thereby cause confidence to exist both at home and abroad in our stability and integrity. So basically he's saying, I'm now the emperor everyone who you know whoever the leaders are of all the different states uh of the union you're going to meet here at, to basically recognize me as your emperor so that we can do away with all the self-serving corruption and we can be respected on the world scene
0: so let me get this straight you can just say your
1: emperor and your emperor well he did <laughs> oh okay the right. the announcement was first printed uh for humorous effect uh by the San Francisco Daily Evening Bulletin um which later uh, added to his title because he added to his title. Uh, He he decided emperor of the United States wasn't enough. He also added he is now also protector of Mexico.
0: Oh, good. Yes.
1: Uh, He issued uh, uh, while he was, quote unquote, emperor of of America, he issued numerous decrees on the matters of state uh, and 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 country he he in 1859 october 1859 he formally abolished the united states uh, congress he said it was because he said it was because quote fraud and corruption prevent a fair and proper expression of the public voice that open violation of the laws are constantly occurring caused by mobs parties factions and undue influence of political sects that the citizens have not, uh, has not the protection of person and property, which he is entitled. He's kind of ahead of his time in regards to his thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I'm starting to but, say I don't mind this guy's emperor. But this
1: is, this is his decree, and this is why he says, you know, Congress, as of Octo- October 1859, you are to disband. You are no longer to assemble. Okay? Uh, the next one, when he put out a decree, he said uh, that the army should go and depose of the elected officials in U.S. Congress. Because in 1860, Congress reconvened and he said, how dare you? And so he sent out (laughs) a decree to the United States Army saying, quote, whereas a body of men calling themselves the National Congress are now in session in the Washington City in violation of our imperial edict of the 12th of October last declaring the said Congress abolished whereas it is necessary for the repose of our empire that the said decree should be strictly complied with. Now, therefore, we do hereby order and direct Major General Scott, the command in chief of our armies, immediate upon receipt of this, our decree, to proceed with a suitable force and clear the halls of Congress. Uh, What do you think the army did when they got that decree?
0: I'm assuming they listened to his every word.
1: (laughs) Well, since that's not in the history books, yeah, they ignored it. And so did Congress. (laughs) Congress continued to ignore these decrees. Uh, They thought it was nothing but the ramblings of a madman. Uh, He started to turn his attentions to other matters. He declared that the Democratic and Republican parties both should be abolished in 1869 because, quote, they were being desirous of allaying the dissensions of party strife now existing within our realm. Um, you see, yeah, you're right, dude. This guy is like totally ahead of like the way you're, you know, you want the world to kind of, you're kind of like, Hey, I kind of like this guy. Um, what else was what did it say here? Uh, he was also occasionally a visionary and some of his Imperial decrees exhibited profound foresight. He issued instructions to form a league of nations, which ends up forming later on. Uh, he explicitly forbade any form of conflict between religions or their sects, and he decreed the construction of a suspension bridge or a tunnel connecting Oakland and San Francisco which later on would become a bridge like i think it was like 30 something years later uh they would end up building the San Francisco Oakland Bay Bridge um which they i guess they want there was a lot there's a lot of campaigns to rename the bridge the Emperor Norton Bridge i'm on board for this <laughs> so you think that this guy is just this this loony bin and everybody's looking at him like he's crazy. Right. So here's a here's the thing. He would walk the streets of San Francisco wearing an elaborate blue uniform with gold plated like uh, like little pieces of gold plating all over him. And it was given yeah. to him by officers of the United States Army post at Presidio, San Francisco. But he wore it with, like, pride, right? He, he took it as, like, this is an official uniform for him as an emperor. He also wore a beaver hat that was decorated with peacock feathers and a rosette. Uh, he frequently enhanced his imperial posture with a cane or umbrella. During his inspections, he would examine the condition of the sidewalks and the cable cars, the state of repair of public property and the appearance of police officers. So, like, you know, back then the police officers would walk beats, you know what I mean? And so he would stop and and check, make sure that their their uniforms were clean, they were crisp, that they were that their hair was, you know, at at a desirable length. And like he he literally inspected them as if they were they worked for him. He would also give uh, lengthy philosoph- uh, philosophical expositions on a variety of topics to anyone with an earshot. Um, th- it was said that during the 1870s, there was uh, there was anti-Chinese demonstrations in the poorer districts of San Francisco, and a riot took place. Uh, one of the incidents, apparently he positioned himself between rioters and the Chinese targets, uh, and he just bowed his head and started reciting the Lord's Prayer, and the rioters all stopped, turned around, and went home.
0: Wow, that's one of those. I'm liking this guy, liking this guy more and more. <laughs> that's one of those yeah. things that's kind
1: of legendary. There's nothing that really supports that that truly did happen. Yeah. But like when you yeah. hear all these things and the way he's actually seen uh, in 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 life, listen to this. So there was this guy, his special officer Armand Bar- Barbier. Uh, he was part of the local auxiliary force, the, the guys that walked the beat, kind of more like a, a private security of the, of the neighborhood. He arrested Norton in 1867 and had to had him committed involuntarily for treatment for a mental disorder. the out The arrest outraged the citizens and sparked scathing editorials in the newspaper, including the Daily Alta, which wrote, "quote which which wrote quote." That he had shed no blood, robbed no one, and despoiled no country, which is more than can be said for his fellows in that line. Uh, police Chief Patrick Crowley ordered Norton, re- Norton released and issued a formal apology on behalf of the police force. Norton was granted an imperial pardon to uh, to Barbier. The police officers... Uh, oh, hold on. Sorry. Norton granted an imperial pardon to Barbier. So the guy who arrested him, he granted him an imperial pardon. Didn't hold a, a grudge.
0: Yeah, this this guy's amazing. Moving, uh, I, I just <laughs> I just looked at a picture of him. Yeah, when when he's in his uh, suit. Yes. And uh, yeah, like if I saw this guy walking up and down the street, i be like, uh, I, I like the cut of this guy's job.
1: <laughs> I think you'd want to do this too. Mo- from that moment forward, police officers of San Francisco saluted him any he passed in the street. Uh, he received tokens of ref- recognition for his position in 1870. Uh, the 1870 U.S. Census lists Joshua Norton as 50 years old, residing at 624 Commercial Street, and his occupation is listed as emperor. Uh, oh, I love it. He would go around and issue his own money in the form of scripts that were accepted from uh, from him by restaurants all around town. And anywhere he went and he used his own money that he created, they took it and let him eat and let him do whatever. Uh, well,
0: the, there's the, there's the rub. That's why he did all this. Yeah.
1: The notes came in <laughs> denominations between 50 cents and $10. And there's actually a few surviving ones that are considered collector's items. Now they're still out out there. People have them as collector's items. The city of San Francisco also honored Norton. When his uniform became, uh, began to look shabby, the San Francisco board of supervisors bought him a suitably, uh, imperial replacement. Norton sent a gracious thank you note and issued a patent of nobility in perpetuity, in perpetuity, for each supervisor Um, he ended up dying on the evening of January 8th 1880 Norton collapsed on the corner of California Street and what is now Grant Avenue uh, in front of old St. Mary's Cathedral on his way to lecture at the uh, California Academy of Sciences Uh, he was immediately noticed by one of the officers on the beat who called for a carriage to to get him to the hospital Uh, but he ended up dying before the carriage uh, got there uh, the thing here is, it's this. This part's kind of sad because you like you know he was a well-known guy. He had built himself up, then he had lost everything and gone down, and then he built himself up in the eyes of the community and the way they treated him. Um, and everyone thought like this dude. Oh, he's gotten himself all the way back up. Yeah, that wasn't the case. I guess he only had like two two dollars and fifty cents in his possession. That was it. They went to the the place he was staying uh, to living, and it was like a bunch of walking sticks. His his saber that he walked around with. Um, all kinds of hats, you know, that he had. Other than and all kinds of crate. Listen to this: uh, They also found fake telegrams purporting to be from the Emperor Alexander II of Russia congratulating him on his forthcoming marriage to Queen Victoria, and a letter from the uh, president, the of, president of France, predicting that such a union would be disastrous to world peace. So he had these letters from these that were congratulatory and kind of <laughs> warning that you got you shouldn't marry Queen Victoria that he basically wrote himself to kind of keep yeah. as as a part of his storyline right, yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, it was uh, he w- when he died. Originally, they were going to get him a popper's coffin and, and, you know, bury him, you know, kind of a quiet little thing. But the San Francisco Businessmen's Association called the Pacific Club established a funeral fund that provided for a handsome rosewood casket and arranged for a dignified farewell. His funeral was held on January 10th of Sunday. Uh, and paying their respects were members of all classes of the people. It, said, it was said that over 10,000 people lined the streets of his two-mile-long uh, funeral procession. He was buried in the Masonic Cemetery at the expense of the city of San Francisco, and in 1934, his remains were transferred to a grave site at Woodlawn Cemetery in Colma, California. So, uh, yeah, dude, that's the story of the emperor of the United States of America. You may not have heard of him, but Joshua Norton truly was one of the better leaders of the country, (laughs) even though we didn't realize it. What a fascinating person. Right? yeah that's beyond fascinating it really is dude you guys if you get there's a lot more to it i took some of that off of wikipedia i found some of the other information on um i can't remember what the name of that site was i'll have to look it up i'll put it in the notes but yeah dude it's very very fascinating a lot of the stuff that like the way he saw things and obviously they thought he was mentally ill but like he wasn't hurting anyone you know everything he was doing and and he was making sense he was just like all right we need to stop this this congress thing it's not working let's end it now and let's figure something else out (laughs) you know this these political parties they're not working let's let's figure something else out
0: yeah and we haven't since then by the way uh, yeah. the, you know they're, they're still paid off and all that kind of fun stuff exactly but, but then he yeah. he
1: decrees we should build this bridge and what 30 something years later they end up building it
0: yeah because it's a good idea yeah let's do it
1: exactly so that's well, it man that's the emperor of the united states of america joshua norton
0: fascinating guy very fascinating odd,
1: very odd man
0: very much so <laughs> So that was a couple of odd stories. Yes, they were. Yeah, uh, Chris, you got anything else? I'm I'm all audited out. Audited? I'm, I'm audited out.
1: I am odder than you. I'm auditor so than
0: you. We're both audited. Did-dered. Uh so uh, for Christopher Chavez, I am Johnny Townsend. Thanks for joining us. And as always, I invite you to just stay
1: odd?